This week's podcast proudly brought to you by Kent Cartridge. See, I made the mistake of buying the cheapest shot shells I could find when I first started duck hunting, and I would literally watch feathers fly off of birds as they gave me a middle finger and flew off unscathed. That's when I switched over to Kent, and I was bartending and waiting tables at the time in college, and money was tight, but Kent offered me a great product at a fair price, and I've never looked back. Of course, now we have uh, Fast Steel 2.0. They just released Fast Steel Plus for this upcoming season, and with Dove season on the horizon, we've got Steel Dove, and then Teal Steel for early teal season. Whatever your shotgunning needs are for this fall, Kent has you covered. You can find all of their products at kentcartridge.com. This week's show brought to you by Ducks Unlimited, an organization that I've been plugged into for, gosh, over 15 years now. From the Alaskan wilderness to the Atlantic Flyway, across America's Great Plains, and down the Mississippi Delta, Ducks Unlimited has been leading the way in wetlands conservation since 1937. The DU family has ensured the protection of over 16 million acres of waterfowl habitat. Think about that. So, come join us. You too can carry on DU's conservation legacy. Visit ducks.org to find your local event and join our volunteer team, Ducks Unlimited, the world's leader in wetlands conservation. He's a soul agent for the USA. He'll be here tomorrow after he gets through. Cable Smith, welcome everybody into SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show, episode 702, presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thank you so much for being here. It is a pleasure, a treat, an honor to be here talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you fine folks. Appreciate you dropping by as we've got a good one for you today, especially if you like big buck tales with that uh, element of, of family, the importance of family making memories in the outdoors together then you're in the right place. Uh, but uh, what's going on? Well, man, I, I hope that everyone had a great opening weekend of duck season. Uh, if you were, I didn't I didn't actually go out for opening day. I was, got this buck on camera. I'm still trying to put a tag on him before I really hone in on the ducks. But uh, I did shoot an eight-point call. Uh, I think three-and-a-half-year-old deer with, it just really didn't have any brow tines to speak of. So uh, a good one to take off as far as our management goals. And then, uh, oh, but I, I didn't see much rutting activity. I don't know if, if the rut has started to heat up where you're at, but out there by Knox City, man, I ran into a guy at the Allsup's gas station, and I'm camoed up head to toe, and, and the truck is covered in mud, so he starts talking to me, and then I realize he, he had to be hunting close to me because uh, he drove his Polaris to the gas station and was filling it up. But he said, man, I'm not seeing any deer moving. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of the, the way it's been over at, at our place. So hopefully the rut is about to pick up here. I imagine it will. Uh, typically about the 15th or 16th is where you're really starting to get a lot of daytime movement um, in this part of the world anyway. But, uh, yeah, then I went to uh, do in this little sneak peek but shot a nice management buck at a – Ranch Saddle Creek Whitetails. Uh, thanks to Texas Trophy Hunters for inviting me out uh, on that hunt. And it's for their TV show called Storytellers. And the whole focus of that experience, that hunt was on whitetail management. So we'll tell that story uh, another day and you can 
see that on an upcoming episode of Storytellers, but uh, took a nice buck on their on their ranch as well. So meet in the freezer. Lots of memories with good folks at Deer Camp and then uh, at the uh, Saddle Creek Ranch there. Uh, super cool people. A great property. That was uh, around Brady, Texas. And the rut was, and oh my gosh, the deer were out all day chasing. So yeah. Oh, and I got the camper fixed. I had a, they have a mobile uh, RV repairman that will come out to your property. And so the RV doc, Mike, thanks for coming and working out my electrical issues in the new camper uh, all squared away there. So anyway, what's on the docket for today? You know what to do. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of that black rifle coffee out of granddaddy's beat up old Stanley Thermos because joining us in studio, it is the uh, father daughter big buck slaying combo. Ricky and Riley Brewer have uh, joined us all the way from East Texas. And if you haven't seen the photos of the 230 something inch whitetail, just behemoth mass for days all the length uh i'm sure you've probably seen the photos right now if you've seen a picture of a young lady or a young lady and her dad holding up this giant deer well that's that's ricky and riley uh they shot it she shot it on a place that most folks don't have access to hunt but uh he does have a lot of history there as his family has worked at the red river army depot for I think three generations now. And we'll talk a little bit about the, the depot and how the hunt is facilitated and what emphasis does an army base essentially, I mean, do they even care about white-tailed deer? We'll see how the, the base manages the deer herd or if they do. Um, but yeah, lots of great stuff to get into with Ricky and Riley. Thrilled to have them here in studio today. Um, let's do a quick giveaway. And by the way, thanks to everyone Last week, uh, you guys emailed in your favorite tree stand or or deer blind or, or duck blind snacks. And so that thing is up and running. You can vote as we've got a 16 basically bracket, uh, a 16 snack bracket. And we're going to be voting every day for f- an ultimate winner. What is the all-time greatest deer stand snack? Is it Reese's? Is it jerky? Is it Little Debbie's? Oatmeal cream pies? You guys will determine that. Check out my Instagram and Facebook story every day. And you guys will determine the goat of all hunting snacks. Uh, uh, so then as far as the giveaway uh, for today, with Christmas right around the corner, I can't think of a better present. It's not really a stocking stuffer. It's too nice of a gift to be a stocking stuffer. Uh, but a Christmas present for your kiddo. It is the Vortex Bantam HD 6.5 by 32 bino. It's a youth bino. And so, uh, yeah, for all you moms and dads out there, uh, this is your chance to uh, to get your kiddo a great set of optics with Vortexes. Of course, they're a lifetime transferable VIP warranty. So if your kiddo drops it out of the deer blind, hey, no problem. Vortex will replace it for free. No questions asked. Uh, so just email the word whitetail. That's whitetail. Make it easy today because we're going to be talking whitetails. Uh, whitetail to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. And you are automatically entered into today's Vortex giveaway. Let's knock out that break. Up next, Ricky and Riley Brewer join us in studio on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Question. 
Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, a full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Started drinking much too early. It led me astray. It doesn't matter if I was 13. Or it was 10 o'clock today. All right, Cable Smith, welcome in everybody. Back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thanks for being here. Uh, we are all set. Or when I say big bucktail, this one, uh, yeah, this one is an absolute behemoth. One of the biggest bucks I've ever seen killed in Texas, uh, certainly by a youth hunter. Should be a new state record. A little bit of, uh, well, I think there's a little bit of uncertainty there based off of the circumstances, but we'll get into all of that momentarily. Uh, first, this segment brought to you by All Seasons Feeders. And the Silverback cargo carrier uh, hooks up to your trailer hitch. I used to have a Cabela's brand one. Uh, that thing was like half the size and rusted out very quickly. This one is stainless steel. It is rugged. I backed into a tree at uh, New Mexico Elk Camp about 4 a.m. one day. Didn't even dent it. Uh, yep, loaded up a buck on there at the deer lease the other day. It's been in New Mexico, Oklahoma, all over Texas, to the coast and back. I love this thing. And you can find the Silverback right there at allseasonsfeeders.com. With that being said, uh, let's bring on today's guest. Joining us in studio, making the trek from uh, East Texas, it is my pleasure to welcome Ricky and Riley Brewer to the show. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. So where are y'all from? Avery, Texas. And where's that? Uh, probably 45 miles west of Texarkana. So I lived in Texarkana for 10 months when my wife and I got married and uh, did it a lot of duck hunting out at Lake Wright Patman, but never did. I never did do any deer hunting out there, but man, the piney woods is a, that's a beautiful part of the state. Yeah. There's about 26,000 acres of public land right there. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I missed the boat on it, but like I said, <laughs> we weren't there very long. And my, my boss at this radio station I worked at, he was a slave driver and so he had me working like 80 hours a week and, getting up at 4 a.m. to go do the morning news. and <laughs> So my hunting was pretty limited to Saturday, basically. Yeah. That, that <laughs> yeah. Um, so thanks again for making the trip. Uh, you're, Ricky, you're originally from Texas? I am. Okay. So you've been hunting here your whole life? My whole life. And so by default, Riley, that means you've been hunting your whole life? Yes, sir. And are you the oldest or? She's the youngest. Youngest, Okay. So did the other siblings not get the bug or? Well, he, uh, he actually shot one probably, it was probably the second week of bow season. Uh -huh. He wasn't waiting very long. So it was pretty good 10 point, but he wasn't, he just don't have the patience. Uh -huh. He's ready to start duck hunting. So. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Uh, so when did you shoot your first year? Um, when I was seven. When you were seven. Okay. Yes, sir. So my son is, uh, he shot his first buck when he was seven. The girls are eight, and they're they're in this 
place where like we want to shoot a deer but maybe we don't want to shoot a deer <laughs> or one of them came up to me the other day and i got him a 243 with suppressor so very little recoil mm-hmm. she's like dad i don't know if i'm ready to shoot a deer this year like thinking i was being <laughs> mad at her and i was like i don't care you know whenever you're ready you're ready or if you're never ready you don't have to do it just because yeah. i do it but you do have to go to deer camp she's like well i like doing that anyway <laughs> yeah. so yeah. She she shot them with a little bit of everything, uh, crossbows, muzzleloader, uh-huh. shotgun, rifle. So right on. So you, Ricky, you have a basically a pretty interesting lease out there in the uh, the uh, Red River Army Depot. Mm-hmm. And I was just doing a little research on Wikipedia. It looks like that thing's been around since 1941. 1941. So long before any of us were alive. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, and when did you start hunting it? Uh, I guess I started hunting it around when I was probably anywhere between 12 to 15 years old, somewhere in that time frame. Uh, uh-huh. My parents worked out there. My grandparents worked out there. They all retired. So, And then I started working out there. And the deer hunting has gotten really, really good over the last 10 years or so. Uh-huh. You know, so. But when you were a kid, what, what was it like? It was when I was a kid, you know, I wasn't raised to – shoot big deer a lot we shot anything that was brown right yeah, east texas if it's brown it's down yeah that's how it was <laughs> and then um i killed my first one over 20 inches wide and from that point forward right there i was like you know what i'm just gonna i'm try to kill big deer uh-huh. and then her i've emphasized on her from very little and she's got a lot of patience so we'll sit and pass deer and you know watch a lot of deer and out there is a good place to do that because it's managed well um it's 12,000 acres of timber. Uh-huh. On the whole place, you may have 200 to 250 acres of pasture, so it's hunting big timber. Right. It's just a lot of acorn flats, a lot of pines. Uh, everything is burnt every other year, so it's got a lot of American beautyberry and privet and honeysuckle, greenbrier. Uh-huh. So the, the deer can get can get big. But the base, does, that's not their goal, right? They don't, no. They don't really care about the deer hunting. They right? don't care about the deer hunting at all. It's, they're, uh, it they're, is a logging it right well they they do it it is a uh they manage the timber mm-hmm. put it that way um being a military base it is a maintenance base so uh they may come out there tomorrow and say hey we're fixing to cut five thousand acres and build buildings and that's what they're fixing to do okay you know it's uh-huh. a main they rebuild army tanks vehicles anything that was getting ready to go to theater so so when do you remember seeing the first buck come out of there or maybe you killed it when you're like holy moly we got this is this is something special. Uh, when I was a kid, it, the place actually used to be about 20,000 acres, maybe uh-huh. maybe a little bit more, and they lost some of it. And I remember the first time when I was out there, probably 12, 13, it's probably a little basket rack eight point, I think, and might have been 12 inches wide. But back then, you, you could do what you wanted to. Right. And, and you, could kill, you could kill five dough a day or six dough a day, but that's just how it was. They was trying to get their dough numbers and their buck numbers right, and – the, the doe quota was out freaking rages. Huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, so how is the the hunting facilitated there? Like, do you, first of all, I, I know you have to be, you have to work there, be a, a military veteran or police officer. You, so, uh, first so I'm already out. I can't just go. Well, <laughs> Most of our listeners can't be like, hey, I'm going to go hunt there. Well, I mean, you can. That's the thing. You can, uh, as long as you're sponsored by somebody that works there or has an eligibility there. You know, uh-huh. Each person that, like, say, I think we have, 
I'm going to throw some numbers out there. Uh, between Red River Army Depot employees, uh, DLA employees, and the government contractors, there's probably 5,000 people at work here. Mm. And it costs $60 to hunt it, 15 for youth. Wow. Um, if you do the fishing with it too, because there's two lakes there that you can fish at, and there's cabins and stuff at for like a, it's called MWR for anybody that wants to come in, all the active veterans or whatever, you know, okay. want to come in and stay. But how the hunting works is it is broke down into blocks, and I think there's about probably 140 different blocks of timber stands. Okay. And each one of them has a hard boundary whether it's a road, um, a trail, or something. So that way, you know, people don't start just wandering through the woods mm-hmm. and somebody gets shot or hurt, you know. I drew a tag on the uh, the Hill Country State Natural Area one time uh, through the Texas Parks and Wildlife mm-hmm. drawing hunts, and I was looking, you know, oh, uh, exotics, Audad, and Axis deer, and, you know, you get to the orientation, and they're like, yeah, we saw, we had a picture of a Audad U about three months ago. I was like what like i was thinking we we're gonna have like we're gonna be seeing axis deer and uh and but they they signed us like a hundred acre compartment yeah yeah and that was i don't know how big these are but you know uh the, the smallest is usually probably around 30 acres and mm-hmm. the biggest is maybe 110 at the mm-hmm. biggest the hard part about this is is it's all first come first serve unless you reserve an area mm-hmm. you know like on a thursday prior because you only hunt fridays saturdays and sundays okay except for this week the first week of rifle season you can hunt the whole week okay so it uh it was hard to keep the deer quiet about him mm-hmm. keep you know and hopefully nobody else coming there and found him but several people did this year and uh me keeping the area that i had stuff set up in and not having somebody else come in there and beat me to it. So it was a, it was a nervous wreck the whole time. So what, so if you have to reserve it or if you can only hunt it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it's first come first serve, how do you like, how do you make sure you get your spot? What's the trick there? You got to call at seven o'clock in the morning and hope you're the first caller. So I sat there with my phone. Caller number nine does not win. (laughs) But you know, I, I found this deer three years ago and I knew he was in the, I knew he was in the area. Uh I just didn't know where. And I killed one probably 12 or 15 years ago that had some similarities to him, uh-huh. but not near the size. Okay. And um, there was actually probably five other hunters, and one of them's a very good deer hunter. And I knew it was going to be between me and him because I, I patterned this deer, and I tried to. And like I told her, I said, if, if you do not harvest this deer youth weekend, next week is going to be – all out because he's gonna start chasing doe and he's fixing big gone you know mm-hmm. and i just knew this other guy's fixing to get him so I so him. you had a picture of him two years ago yes and you you told me in our phone conversation that the biologist was aware of this deer yes the, uh the depot biologist was aware of him and the depot hunt coordinators were aware of him. i mean everybody knew he was there they knew he was there because they run the surveys you know but uh-huh. they kept him quiet <laughs> they did on purpose because you know, one of those guys was hunting him too oh wow. <laughs> you know so they kept him quiet that's like the uh that's like the arizona uh the lady that won governor that was secretary of uh i guess she was attorney general or secretary of state but she was the one that was running the election mm-hmm. and she beat ricky lake because she was running the election mm-hmm. but luckily you know in your case ricky lake won yeah and uh, carrie lake carrie lake uh me and this guy are pretty good friends, pretty good buddies, this and that. Mm. And uh, 
he was actually going to bring his son into her youth weekend, but he was doing that high school fishing yeah. and didn't didn't come. Right so on. I was thank thank goodness it worked out for us because uh-huh. <laughs> you know, yeah. How how the cookie crumbled, I guess. Youth weekend, the first the first weekend you had a softball tournament or something. First weekend of bow season, first two oh. weekends she had softball. Okay. But I helped coach. And I laid out on them. I told them, I said, you know, I told the guys, and they knew I was after this deer because I, I hunted him so hard last year. And I told them, I said, hey, I'm not going to make these two tournaments. I, I can't help. <laughs> yeah. Priorities. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, priorities. And I, saw, I told them, I said, this is a once-in-a-lifetime deer. I said, I got to try to get on this thing. Uh-huh. It didn't work out, though. So, <laughs> Riley, are you, you, you're a softball player. Yes, sir. So, do, do you like the Rangers? Don't say you like the Astros. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you can if you if you – I, I don't really like the Astros. That's good. I mean, I'll watch the Rangers, but like, I don't prefer watching baseball. Okay. Because I've like always watched softball. Right on. Right on. But it'll always be on in the living room, and I'll go watch it. So, Ricky, you like the Rangers? I like I like baseball. Period. Rangers, Astros. As long as it's a Texas team, I'm good with it. Awesome, awesome. Well, I think the battle of in the battle of good and evil, good one this year. So it was good to put the Astros to bed <laughs> as a lifelong Ranger fan. Um, okay, so. One other thing about the depot is they've never had a rifle season until this year. You're correct. Um, for all the years it's been going out there, it's always been a muzzleloader, shotgun, 20-gauge or, or 12 with slug or archery. Right. And um, a lot of the northern states have went to straight wall. Mm-hmm. And I, some other bases here like Fort Hood and some other ones had went to straight wall. So – one of the guys over our rod and gun club, it's a club for our deer hunters out there, uh, said, hey, let's propose this right here. And it passed. But there are stipulations to it. It has to be under uh, 2,300 feet per second. So Okay. So, Riley, you're shooting a 350 Legend? Yes. yes, sir. So I have one of those too. But, I, I mean, I've shot it at the range, but I haven't ever been in a situation where, like, I have to use a straight-walled cartridge. Mm-hmm. So what, what uh, caliber bullet were you shooting with that? It is the uh, we're shooting a hundred and probably I think it was a hundred and sixty sixty five grain or one hundred and seventy grain Winchester PowerPoint is what okay. it was. Good deal. Uh, let's do this. Let's knock out a quick break. We'll come back and really get into the details of how you were able to pattern this buck, and then uh, just a little bit more about the Army Depot and how the hunt is run. I know very little emphasis is placed on whitetail deer. Uh, But all that and more coming at you next. That segment brought to you by the Mossberg Patriot. If you need a straight-walled cartridge, yeah, they've got the 350 Legend. And they've got everything else uh, from a 22250 up to a 375 Ruger. So the whole gambit and always adding new calibers. I just got a 6.5 PRC. uh, And they've got the 7 PRC now as well. The Patriot's ruggedly American-built by America's oldest family-owned firearm manufacturer. You can find it all at Mossberg.com. We'll be right back on the Lone Star Some say a silenced gunshot is the baddest sound out there. At Silencer Central, we have another favorite. 
It's the sound of silence delivered to your front door. When you buy from Silencer Central, we handle your application, set you up with a free NFA gun trust, and deliver your silencer straight to you. With an average 90-day turnaround time when you use eForms, buying a silencer is simpler than ever. Visit silencercentral.com and we'll help you get started. And we clean our guns while we turn our cheese. We're like angels and demons and dogs in heat. So baby, raise your glass, but don't cut your teeth. Just show your sweet. That's the band of heathens bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg. Cable Smith here with you as always. Thanks for dropping by today. We're still visiting with Ricky and Riley Brewer, who've taken the entire whitetail hunting community by storm on a national level uh, with Riley's monster. I mean, just at a Goliath of a whitetail deer. Uh, but before we get back into that discussion, this segment brought to you by Stealth Cam and the Deceptor Cellular Camera. If you're looking to pattern a big buck, hey, uh, check out the Deceptor. It's going to give you incredible daytime images, but also it's going to send the clearest nighttime images right there to the command app on your cell phone it's that easy and data plans are as affordable as five bucks a month these days you can find their entire lineup of cellular cameras at stealthcam.com that being said uh let's get back into it with ricky and riley brewer well here's a question that i think has to be asked is because people are going to be like well, is it a record, a youth record, or is it not? Or is the base high fence for security reasons? It is, has a six-foot fence around it. Uh, it's not for the deer. It's right. not for anything. Uh, they go in and out all over it, you know, go over it. Uh-huh. Um, now, with all the military personnel, uh, personnel equipment that we have, um, yes, it, it's patrolled by security and so yeah. forth. You know. Well, and the reason why I'm asking is because people will be like, well, it's a high-fenced deer. Well, okay. You think that this government that is wants to spend all our money on Ukraine gives a crap about deer genetics oh. in East <laughs> Texas? No, they, they do not. Uh, that person, they're higher than Hunter Biden. Yeah, <laughs> they do not. And uh, you can go out there and look. We can't scout uh, except for two weeks prior to season, and you only get two days to do that. You can't run cameras year round. You can't mm-hmm. do anything. So when do you when you're allowed to use cameras two weeks before season? Yes. So how on twelve thousand acres do you figure out where this deer? <laughs> I have hunted this place since I was a kid, uh-huh. and um, first two years, I first year I, I knew this deer was there by their survey pictures. I couldn't find him, mm. you know, and I I had to go back to the basics where would I go if I was this deer right here, you know, and I knew where a lot of big standing hardwood timber was and some areas a lot of people don't like to go to because mm-hmm. the deer numbers are just ain't real high on that end. But when you see one, it's usually a good one, uh-huh. you know? So that's what I did. And I got pictures of him in 2021, I think the second weekend before season ended. Okay. And I, and that's only six days you get to hunt and, I couldn't pattern this deer. I just knew he was there. So in twenty two come around. Well, how big do you? Th- how big was he in twenty one? Uh, he was probably in twenty one, mid fifties maybe. Oh wow! Right. You know, uh-huh. somewhere in there. Okay. He wasn't. He wasn't just a monster, but you could tell that he had, his fishing exploded. Uh huh. Twenty two. Twenty two. He got. He got good in twenty two. 
He uh, grew a lot of trash, this and that, and uh, stickers. He had more stickers in 22 than he did in 23. Okay. He actually had on his right side, which is his weaker side, he actually had a uh, – on his G2 was actually forked just like his left side. And he lost that, but he gained mass. Uh, uh-huh. And a lot of the deer on the Army base out there have the – forks like mule deer the bifurcated forks and have a lot of super tall eye guards and stickers it's just the mass is what gets them you know right times right uh, so what do you think he was and don't give away what what he ended up scoring but what do you think he was last year was he over 200 i would have guessed him at i'd have guessed him at mid 90s to 200 205 ish last year you know and had you ever seen a 200 inch quality buck come off of the place no, there was um, – there's been several 150s. Um, I've actually killed a, a mid-150s off there, two of them. Um, I'm trying to think. I think in the early 80s there was a, maybe a 170 or 180 killed, you uh-huh. know. And there's been several several big deer seen out there over the years, and they found sheds, but they either die or they vanish well, twelve thousand acres of hardwoods is we uh, you know, they actually find they se- can vanish in there. They do, and they find several deer that uh, die of natural causes. They found several of them that's been locked up mm. from fighting and found dead. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and even if you have one that's a hundred and seventy, hundred eighty inch deer, and it's so thick, you loggers may run over him when they're cutting timber. You don't ever know. You uh-huh. know, so they're not going out there and looking for them. I can tell you that. Right. You know. And so, Riley, what did you think when you first saw the photos of this deer? So, I was actually um, in my room, and I was not paying attention. But he was like, come look at this deer. So, I walked in the living room, and he showed me this deer, and I was like, holy crap. <laughs> I was like, this is the biggest deer I think I've ever seen in my life. And, I mean, just knowing where he was at, uh-huh. he was going to put me on it, and I was like, this is going to be good. <laughs> I was like, if he doesn't get it, I'm going to get it. So you didn't hunt it last year? No, sir. Okay. But you've killed some nice deer there before. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. She's uh, She's been lucky enough to harvest probably a mid-140 class 13 point. She uh-huh. did that in 21. And then last year, the season started because it's all MLD land. Right. Um, they set their seasons just accordingly. And last year, the season started on a Friday out there, gun season deer. I took her out of school. <laughs> and about the first 45 minutes after daylight, she shot a 17-and-a-half-inch wide 11-point last year. Oh, wow. And, you know, he, and what stood out about him is he had nine-and-a-half-inch eye guards, mm-hmm. super mm-hmm. tall eye guards. Wow. And uh, she didn't give it time to, to wait for anything else. So it was over with. <laughs> It was four minutes after school started. Oh, well. <laughs> so did you go to school uh, oh, no. half day? No. <laughs> yeah, my kids don't go to school on September 1st. It's like our, our thing. We get, take them out and go dove hunting. Um, okay, so more and more people are finding out about this deer. And you have two weeks for the season. How many cameras did you put out trying to find this well, thing? Here's well, here's the kicker again. Uh, you know, I told you earlier that the biologists and the hunting coordinators and all them were hunting him too. Uh-huh. And last year, I probably run 15 muddy cell cameras, just like that right there. Uh-huh. 
And uh, this year they they put a, a halt to that get along right there. You can only run three. Oh wow! And <laughs> you could only you, you only visit three different tracks a, a day too. So they they slowing down the boots on the ground, uh-huh. you know. And which I had not I knew where he was at from last year, but narrowing him down, you know, and trying to get a pattern on him was was tough running three cell cameras. Mm-hmm. You know, so dude, I have more. I have three on one feeder. Like on my tear face, <laughs> I'm thinking like just to get every angle of it. Man, and I have I have a ton of them. Uh-huh. I'm sitting there thinking, man, which what am I going to do with all these things? You know, so I got them scattered at the house up there on our lease in Arkansas, and then we got another lease place here in Texas over there. And I'm just I'm still waiting, you know. And I'm just sitting there on three cameras. I'm these suckers would be going off, and they're not going off, you know. And I put them out. I think it was the archer season started this year the 26th or 27th and we could put cameras out like the 22nd i think mm-hmm. and i didn't get him on camera for five days after i put him out and i was like oh my goodness last year i gave him a first night oh wow it's <laughs> like something something is not right but once i once i started getting him he was there you know? so did you have to move him around i did here and through there i went in there with a hang on i hung me a millennium up I was like, I know where this deer's coming from. I, I'm fixing to hang a lock on in here. Because last year I did a running gun set up and hunted out of a saddle a lot. And I said, this year I'm going to set comfortable. I'm going to set from daylight to dark. Mm-hmm. And um, he didn't, he'd come in there about 10 minutes after day, uh, ten minutes after dark every night, you know. And it was just getting uh, very, very prolonged. Training. But no feeders there. No, I didn't put any feeders out. Now you can use corn, uh-huh. but I don't, I don't do feeders because you're not guaranteed to have this thing. Right. You know, and I hung my stand feeding someone else's deer when they shoot it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, matter of fact, you know, we'll probably get to it later on in the story right here, but a deer that we seen Saturday morning was actually my, my duck hunting buddy just helped herself into here. Jojo, go on. He was harvested. Go on. He was harvested uh, this morning. Say. Joe, go on. Go. Go on. Shut that door. Yeah, we raise labs too. I saw that on your Facebook. You had some uh, puppies. I got some puppies. Nice, nice. Yeah. Oh, and you said your son's obsessed with duck hunting. Yes, that's, uh, he that's is. my first, my first love. So. That, that's what his is. Yeah. Um, but uh, okay. So you you found this deer after five days, mm-hmm. and so how many? Again, because there's no guarantee you're getting a section. How many tree stands did you put out? Oh man, she hunts in an ambusher. Last year, I looked in. One of my buddies found this old gentleman that had six aluminum ambushers, uh-huh. and we got them jokers for seventy five dollars. Just a gold mine. <laughs> and she likes hunting though; she don't like hang on. And uh-huh. I feel a little better with her in there. But anyways, in the same track of land, right there, the first little spot we was hunting was I think thirty four acres, and there's a big old creek that runs through it. Mm-hmm. A lot of hardwoods with some pine, a lot of diversity in there. And they funnel right down through here. So I, I set up right here on my spot, and I put her about 65 yards away from me on a trail, you know. And we was getting pictures at both spots, hard and heavy. But all of a sudden, about the third week of September, they stopped. Hmm. And he, he had vacated this area. And then come to find out, my batteries and one of my cameras were dead. And when I went and put new batteries in it, my phone updated not. There was somebody else driving through there, and they – I guess they had bumped him, so I was like, another, "Hunter, or? yes, oh, okay. another hunter." So from that point on, I said, "Yeah, I got to get another game plan now because if they got cameras in here, then they they're seeing him too. They're just a matter of time of who's going to get on him first. Yeah, you know, who plays the win right and this and that. So and going into this youth weekend right here, um, he had 
acorns just started falling. They wasn't eating corn. And there are so many white oak acorns in there. I mean, you could walk through there right now and fill up a front-end bucket loader on a tractor. Yeah. You know, in one area. So, I mean, acorns, you couldn't pattern them. Mm-hmm. So, that so you mo- figured out where he was bedding, basically. I knew where he was bedding at uh-huh. from last year. He bedded in two spots. And so, youth weekend come around. I actually reserved that area. I, I didn't even have a stand in there. I reserved it, though, because you couldn't get in there on him because he'd hear the gravel on the roads, and he'd, he'd bed down and wouldn't get up. Hmm. You know, he was smart. Yeah. And uh, he'd hear me leave. You know, I'd crank my diesel up and leave out, and he'd hear me every evening, you know. So... I'd actually, during bow season, I talked to one of my buddies, and I drove an electric bike in there, and I thought I was going to get him driving my electric bike in there, and that didn't work. And so, <laughs> you know. So, in this other area we we had reserved here uh, was this bedding area, and we had parked probably half a mile and, and would walk in there. Mm. And that morning, we didn't see we seen a couple bucks. We rattled some in here and there and seen some doe, but it was raining. Yeah. The last two years, I don't know if it's rained here, but the last two years in Northeast Texas, on youth weekend, it has rained. It's rained a bunch. Oh, I, well, so you shot him, I think, October 23rd. No, it went 20, 29th. 29th. Sorry. This guy, I don't know if you saw the deer that was shot in outside of Rockwall with a bow. Yes. That guy I, shot that one October 23rd. That was a 196, I think, but nice buck, too. Not as big as this one. <laughs> Very few are, uh, but yeah. So I that weekend of the of youth season was monsooning, and I know because all of my kids' soccer and baseball games were rained out, <laughs> and so they didn't get to go to the deer with me, uh, deer lease with me opening weekend because they had all their makeup games. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was, and then yeah, the lease was pretty wet still. And um, that morning, I was watching the radar. I was thinking, oh my goodness, <laughs> I know what's fixing to happen. I tried to talk her into getting in a box stand or a ground blind. No, she won't hunt in one. She can't hear. She thinks she can't do nothing. <laughs> uh-huh. And I knew what was supposed to come out. So that first morning, all we did was we walked around rattling, you know, because even deer out there, very, very responsive to rattling. Mm. And uh, we rattled some in, but nothing what we was wanting to. And we had it in our mind. There was two deer that we was going to hunt, you know. And I told her that if moose come out, we call another one moose. Uh, he's a six and a half year old, eight point, probably 21, 22 inches wide. Oh, wow. And I passed that deer five times last year. I said, Well, if he comes out, I said, It's up to you. I said, If you want to shoot him, shoot him. You know, it'd be bigger than anything she's ever killed, yeah. or we can wait for this one. You know, what is his name? Oh, and it's just me. Every big deer I get on camera, it's just a redneck lingo. I said, Man, there's old Monroe. You know, <laughs> that's, that's just me. I, I may have a deer on my lease place over here in, in Red River County. He may not be but 130. I said, There's Monroe. You know, <laughs> that's what his name was, Monroe, uh-huh. for sure. And um, that morning, uh, we we seen a few deer, but not many. And then that evening come around, I think we seen one doe. Yeah. But I heard you passed on like a 140-something. Yeah. yeah, we did it. When I hear a 14-year-old passing on a 140, I'm like, <laughs> that's that's admirable. <laughs> yeah, she does. She passed a lot of deer, which she had her mind made up. And you know, My last, son would be like, boom. <laughs> last, last year, she killed too early, you hmm. know, and which I wasn't going to blame her. I mean, because she didn't give that deer a chance last year. And then this one. I told her this year, and she and she's killed a lot of deer. I said it's time to it's time to go after him, mm-hmm. you know. 
Well, you know, when you've got your mind made up on one buck, uh, ultimately it can lead to the buck of a lifetime or I think probably more often than not eating tag soup. <laughs> but uh, it worked out in this case and we'll hear how old Monroe came to meet his end after the break. That segment brought to you by Big and J, Whitetail Attractants, and my good friends over at Rustic Reminders Taxidermy. We'll be right back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Eighth grade education and I'm needing y'all treating me this way. Let me tell you about the Armorside 640 contractor. It is the industry-leading thermal technology in a very user-friendly rifle scope. A 640 Armacore 12 Micro made in the USA Thermal Core. It's got a four-hour onboard recording, four-hour runtime on a full charge, USB and Wi-Fi streaming, uh, eight user-selectable reticles and six color palettes, and the most user-friendly interface out there because you're operating these things in the dark. So uh, that's very important. You can find the contractor, the 640, or its little brother, the 320, right there at armorsite.com. Looking for a thermal hog hunt near DFW? Then Three Curl Outfitters has you covered. Offering fully guided thermal hunts just minutes south of Dallas, guide scout daily to put you on the bacon. Using thermal imaging technology to hunt feeders, crop fields, and river bottoms, you get unlimited hogs and no kill fees. Visit www.3curl.com. Also offering corporate hunts and food and lodging available by request. Book at 3curl.com or call 214-455-0940. Well, I grew up wild and free, walking these fields in my bare feet. There wasn't no place I couldn't go with a 22 rifle and a fishing pole. Well, I live in the Cable city, Smith, welcome everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thank you so much for being here. We're still visiting with Ricky and Riley Brewer. We're going to find out how the story of Monroe unfolds here in just a second. First, though, this segment brought to you by SCI, the worldwide leader. And big game conservation, I am a proud member. And here's why you should join. Because there's not a group out there that does more to protect your rights as a sportsman than SCI. And here's the cool thing. If you're not a member, or if you are a member and you just want to renew your membership, um, if you do it now, between now and the end of December, you are entered, well, the end of the year, right? You're entered in uh, into a drawing for a chance to go on a two-man guided duck hunt with me and my buddy Ryan down at the famed Pipkin Ranch on the Texas coast. All you do when you join SCI or renew your membership is use the promo code CABLE23. That's CABLE23, and that saves you 25% off your membership, which is only $65 for the year. So renew or join, promo code CABLE23, boom, you're entered into uh, an awesome all-inclusive, two-man, two, and it's two days, too, by the way. So we're going to do two hunts, two nights lodging, food, the whole shebang down at the Pipkin Ranch. Uh, so, yeah, take advantage of that opportunity and join our ranks over at SCI. Uh, and you can do that, by the way, at uh, safariclub.org. It might help if I give the website address. Okay, uh, well, let's pick it back up with Ricky and Riley Brewer. Uh, Ricky, 
where we left off, you know, you were beating your head against the wall. Uh, the weather wasn't cooperating, but you knew your best chance to get Monroe on the ground would be Youth Weekend before the hunting pressure on the uh, Army Depot would really go through the roof. So walk us through what you did next. So uh, on the way home that evening, um, I told her, I said, something's got to change. Because we went in that area right there. I did not know that the week prior somebody else put a ground blind in there. Oh. And it had, I mean, they put it right right where I was going to go in there and set up on the steer at. And I walked in there that morning. I was like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. So this is the reason why we're not seeing him right here. So that next morning, uh, that on the ride home that evening right there, we was talking about it, and I called my buddy, and I talked to him. And uh, I said, man, I said, what do you think I were to do? And I actually drawed. On I think we all have that buddy. Like, yeah. <laughs> I definitely have, I, and I'll, I hope Chad's listening, but if I have a question – I mean, he. If you've, I'm sure you've seen the deer. It came out of uh, Collin County a couple of years ago. It was like a 235. Um, my buddy Chad shot that one. It's like, okay, well, the proof's in the pudding. Mm-hmm. If you want to kill a big deer, talk to your buddy that's killed a big deer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is he? What would he do? Yeah. So no, not taking anything away from you. You've killed oh, big yeah. deer. But when things aren't working, you're like, wow, what am I, not, I what am asking, I missing here? I was asking all of my buddies to kill mm-hmm. some good deer. And uh, some of them had told me about my electric bike. I said, man, that deer's hearing you. You know, so I brought my electric bike in there, you know. But um, when I talked to him about it, he knew where he was at. And he gave me a lot of space, you know, not bumping in there on me, you know. And he, he'd say, man, I'll go res- reserve one of them spots over just to keep somebody out of there, you know. But his daughter plays softball with us. So they were going to hunt the youth weekend, too, so he couldn't do that. And I told him, I said, man, I said, I'm going to take her in there where I actually seen this deer in the daylight last year, and I had him at 35 yards, and I drawed on him. You know, mm-hmm. If he had come to a stop last year, he wouldn't have made it to this year. Right. <laughs> you know. And uh, You couldn't get him to stop. Couldn't get him to stop. Right. I had some doe estrus out. He come across a little old trail through there, and the way the terrain was, I had drawed on him as soon as I seen him. It felt like I, had, I held it back for five minutes. It wasn't, though. And by the time he got up there, he made it all the way to that scent wick, and he, he blowed once he got the scent wick, scent wick you know. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get him to stop prior to that. He seemed like his neck, he stuck his neck out like a giraffe. It was like four <laughs> foot long, when it, it seemed like. And mm-hmm. He was smart. And I didn't get didn't get shaken or anything like that until he turned around and I seen his him run off and I seen the back of his horns right there. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Man, I was weak and couldn't do this, couldn't do that. And uh, so we went into that same area. And that's where we rattled those deer in that morning. And it wasn't him. Mm-hmm. You know, I had not had a picture of this deer in that area all year. Mm-hmm. So we was just going, we was winging it. Just hoping that the pressure from other hunters had bumped them into yep, there. Yeah, nobody likes hunting this area right here. It's thick and it's nasty, uh-huh. you know, and you can't see very far. So when they're it, when they're on you, they're on you. <laughs> and um, so you already, but you already had a stand there. Too? I had a, had had an ambusher in there. Uh-huh. It's where I actually where my son had been hunting. Okay. So that we went to lunch that day uh, or that morning, uh, Sunday morning. We had that cold front coming in. Mm-hmm. And neither one of us had our insulated stuff on so i called her mom and had her meet us at tractor supply and uh bring her bibs and stuff like that we got lunch we went back out there and we got the stand that evening at two o'clock um and i told her look down at my phone and at about 2 15 2 30 ish it's just gonna start raining yeah so she's sitting in, in a lean-to in here and 
I'm sitting on the ground. And I gave her my rain suit, and I'm sitting here with a set of Cabela's uh, warm season pants on and a daggum uh, Bottomlands camo hoodie, nothing else. <laughs> and it is, it's 47, and the wind's blowing 20 mile an hour, and it's just start raining. <laughs> so about 30 minutes later, it started raining, and it rained for probably four hours. It, it rained all evening, and it rained probably three inches, two or three inches. And it was either slight rain, and then it, it'd get hard rain. And about six o'clock ish, somewhere in there, I said, I'm done. I could not take it no more. My teeth were chattering. Well, but like a good dad, you gave her all your rain gear. Yes. And I slipped up and I got out of there and I went back to the truck. And I thought that she was going to get ready to come too because I mean, it was slow. We didn't see nothing. We seen one spike at evening. Uh-huh. And um, she, I got, I left out of there and I'm on the walk back to the truck here. This is a whole different area than what we was hunted that morning. And. My, my, I got a text, and she said, hey, I'm going to stay till 640. And I don't know what time I got back to the truck. Um, I'm thinking about 615-ish. You know, I may be wrong on that. Yeah. I, I changed clothes, got dry clothes on, got me a drink of Coke, and I was supposed to eat a cupcake in there and have my windows cracked, and all of a sudden I heard a katow. <laughs> and I knew, and we had talked about it that morning. I said, shoot, any deer that you want, you know, I'm not going to pressure you to hunt this one because I, I knew that the likelihood of seeing him was slim to none. Right. You know, we had about a 1% chance of seeing him. I, now, I figured Moose <laughs> would come out because he's a very aggressive deer, you know, mm. and, and they'd actually tie into it, and Moose would actually run this one off. Really? You know, uh-huh. and didn't have near the headgear, but he was just the mentality. He would yeah. run him off. So, deer are like people. They all have their own personalities. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, so I just casually threw my daggum wet hoodie back on, dreading this walk back down there after I done got dry clothes on. Expecting to see moose. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> what I expected to see. I just, you know, take off casually walking here, and I just pull my phone out of my pocket because it's on vibrate, and I had three missed calls. Then, all right, all right. So let's get her, let's get, right, let's get your your recap of what happened. So just pick it up where after your dad left, and you're sitting there. Yeah, so when he was going back to the truck, I was I was really cold because I got rained on, but, like, it was still cold. Right. Like, my fingers I, were numb. I was cold. So I texted him, and I was like, at 640, I'm going to get down, and I'm going to go to the truck. And I looked back up after I got off my phone, and I saw something, like, movement. And I was like, okay, it's time to settle down. So um, Old Monroe, he was walking the trail eating acorns. So I had time to put my phone down and wipe my scope off with my hoodie. And he walked out and he got like right behind this big old oak tree. And he walked out about two steps and he was looking like straight forward. Mm. And I wasn't shaking yet because I couldn't really see him yet. But he looked backwards and he started shaking. You know how a dog shakes? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He, he started shaking and I saw the water fall off his horns. And I'm telling you, I started shaking. <laughs> but he always tells me, he's like, just breathe and barely squeeze the trigger. So I was like, okay, I just got to breathe and barely squeeze the trigger. So I lined him up, and I was like, it was the most perfect shot you could have made. It was like right at the tip of the heart. When I shot, he kind of like ducked over. And he it was about a 35 to 40-yard shot. Uh-huh. He walked about 15 yards with this big wood pile, and he just dropped. Oh, wow. And I started shaking. So I he didn't started, even run? No. So Old Monroe appears to be down for the count. Uh, we'll get Ricky and Riley's reaction, plus discuss how the hunting 
community responded <laughs> after news broke about this buck. And uh, and then, is there any unintended fallout when you take a buck of this caliber? All that next. That segment was brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee, veteran-owned and operated. They've got the roast for you, whether you like a light, medium, or dark roast. Plus, all of that unapologetic, patriotic swag that Black Rifle is known for. You can find it all right there at blackriflecoffee.com. We'll be right back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. I've got kids. Yeah, I'm a dad. All of those habits I had had to go. May sound strange. I just changed directions in the middle of the road. Yeah. In the market for a compact track loader, check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat Compact Track Loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at one of our nine North Texas locations. Visit BobcatOfNorthTexas.com or call 469-586-0000 today. Standing on Main Street across the Mr. Blues in my faded leather jacket my weather broke and shoes The chill north wind was blowing But the spring was coming on As I wondered to myself Just how long have been gone So I strolled across on Main Classic Street, Robert Earl Keane bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show Presented by Mossberg We've still got one segment left To uh, visit here with Ricky and Riley Brewer Regarding the story of Old Monroe But before... We get the final details. This segment of the show brought to you by NUMA. And, you know, I've told you about the Pathfinder pant. Buy a pair. You won't regret it. But today I want to tell you about the Alpha Vertex because temperatures have dropped. It's what I wear essentially if temperatures are below, you know, 55 degrees. The pants and jacket combo are lightly insulated, um, rugged still, and comfy and quiet. Designed really for bow hunters so that... You're not going to give yourself up when that material rubs against something. Uh, but I just like it because it's warm and comfortable. You can find the Alpha Vertex at NumaOutdoors.com. And you'll save 20% with my promo code LONESTAR20 at checkout. That's off of Numa's entire uh, online store. Check it out, NumaOutdoors.com. And with that being said, let's pick it back up with Ricky and Riley. And Riley, you know, you had just shot... Old Monroe, you're sitting in the uh, the tripod. It's raining. He comes out. He shakes, and you see the water disperse off of his antlers, and you know this is the deer. Uh, you shoot him, watch him kind of stagger, and then he just goes down. Uh, Ricky, you've gone back to the truck because you were soaking wet. What are you doing at this point? You heard the shot. When she said, when she called me, she said, when I answered her, she was screaming and, and bawling and squalling. I shot the big one. I shot the big one. Hurry, Daddy. He walked over. You know, he took off walking. I'm sitting there thinking, well, damn, she done missed this deer. <laughs> he was walking off, yeah. <laughs> and when I took off sprinting and I run, this is a quarter of a mile. I probably run that thing in a minute and a half, two minutes. I'm talking <laughs> decking cowboy boots. I'm done running down there, cut through the brow. <laughs> and uh, when I got there, she's in an emotional distress up there and she said he's over there and he's trying to get up so she handed me the gun and i walked over to him and this dude was stone cold dead she made a perfect shot mm. you know double shoulder hit him right in the shoulder and got both lungs tip of the heart 
she when she told me that he walked, I said there ain't. I'd never seen one walk, you know. I've shot, I, I've shot hundreds of them with a bow and arrow, and yeah. I always tell her, I say, if they mule kick, you know, you usually get them in the heart, you know, this and that or something. And I've never seen a deer just duck his head and walk unless you hit him in the liver or the guts, you know. Right. I, I was thinking the worst when she told me that. But. Well, either they drop right there or they run. Yep. Yeah, I was uh, thinking the worst when I shot it because uh-huh. I was like, he didn't kick, he didn't do anything, and I was like, oh, I probably missed this deer. He just took it like a champ. <laughs> <laughs> he, he wasn't going. He wasn't going to make it far. Uh huh. Wow. So you walked up on it first, then. I walked up on it first. Uh-huh. I took off running over. I was letting her. She was getting down, and when I got over, I was hollering. <laughs> any of the other hunters in the woods, I run their hunt for them. <laughs> I was hollering, and she didn't realize what she had done. I was trying to get my phone out, and I think I got like a six-second video clip. But I was soaking wet. My phone was wet. My speakers wouldn't work. Nothing. Uh-huh. And I finally got that sucker to work because I was fishing a video of her coming up there, and she started freaking out when she got up there. And then I guess seeing me holler, and she started squalling again. <laughs> and that's where that little video clip come from. But I honestly think that when she shot the deer or seen the deer, she didn't realize what he was. Mm-hmm. She knew he was big, but all deer look big sometimes on trail cameras. I don't, she didn't realize what this deer was or, or anything like that. Well, what did you think that he – you had lots of pictures of him. From this year, so what did you think ballpark? Like, what did you think he was? I I knew that he was going to be. I told the guys at work. I said this deer is going to be. He's going to be two twenty. Uh-huh. You know, I told him. I said he's going to be two twenty. I know it. And uh, they said, yeah, you you might be right. You know, because one of my buddies actually has a buddy that go to Kansas every year, and he's killed some two hundred fives, two tens. You mm-hmm. know, he talked to me. He said, man, he said he said he's going to be up there. Yeah. You know. And when I went down there and I seen him laying there right there. I, because it was wet, you know, everything, it's just water makes does something to them, you know, when it's hunting and it's, it's raining outside, and he's laying there, and this joker stinks. You can smell him all rutted up, his own neck swole, and, it, and all I seen was a mass is what I seen. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I didn't really, I knew he was heavy, but I didn't know he was that heavy. Yeah. And and what, so you're, were you crying when you walked up on him? Oh, I was bawling, man. <laughs> I heard him screaming. I was like, oh, Lord, this like has to be a big deer. Because I didn't, I didn't think it was actually him. Uh-huh. I thought it was moose because I haven't like actually seen moose he has. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I wasn't expecting him to be that big and that much mass. So I was just like, oh. And then I walked up and I was like, oh. My gosh, I was like, I don't know what I just did. So how many points is it? He is 31 uh-huh. and 29 scoreable. And how wide? Is it? That, when you walked in a second ago, that, I mean, I showed, we showed the kids and they mm-hmm. were kind of like, they didn't know what to say. They were like, I that's does that even a deer? But how wide is he? He's 22 and 5 eighths. Uh-huh. Wow. Um, on his mass measurements, his, his bases are actually the – is the smallest mass measurement he has. He actually gains mass through his beams. Mm. Mm. You know, I don't remember off the top of my head what his bases were. I want to say they're six, six and an eighth, or five and seven eighths, wow. somewhere in that area right there. And Riley, do you know what he scores? Um, we had at the hunt office they scored him. Yeah, we rough scored him out there, and then at the but tax- hold on, I want to know if she knows. <laughs> um, at the <laughs> hunt office, it was two thirty eight, and Dad's shaking his head. Oh, no, already got it wrong. <laughs> it was two forty four there. Okay. Oh, then, I was really off. And then the taxidermist scored him 
and the taxidermy scored him at 238 and a 8. So I have no idea what the youth state record was. or it, Well, technically it's a high-fence deer, but like we said, the government isn't investing any money mm-hmm. in that resource. So it's 100% native Texas genetics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's a lot of reasons why a deer like that can get that big. Oh, uh, yeah. But one... Um, to never to not have a rifle season until this year, mm-hmm. you know you're out there bow hunting and shotgun and muzzleloader since a, you were a kid. Mm-hmm. Well, look at where I live in Collin County; it's archery only, mm-hmm. and the deer get really big. Same mm-hmm. with Grayson County, and um, to lesser extent Rockwall. But the genetics are there if you just let the, the deer get old. Yep. And then the mindset of hunters has changed a lot. It has. From if it's brown, it's down mm-hmm. to, like like for you personally, mm-hmm. hey, I think I'm going to let them get a little bigger. Yep. And uh, and then the last reason is the deer is freaking smart. Mm-hmm. They don't get big by being dumb. Yeah. Yeah, there is a, uh, the average age class of deer harvested out there, uh, buck-wise, three and a half to four and a half uh-huh. you know you just don't you don't see that in a lot of places yeah you know and then the 13 inch rule helped out and actually this year we went to a 15 inch rule oh wow so and they hadn't let you harvest those in the last two years so that's mm-hmm. helped out a lot so so how old was he at the hunt office we aged him at six and a half and the taxidermist aged him at five and a half and then the state biologists come in and aged him at five and a half five so and a half years five old. and a half 230 eight inches at five and a half years old. Mm-hmm. And there's, I, you know, you never know. I don't think there's any science to, well, some people will tell you there is. What year the deer's biggest headgear is going to be. Some people will say five and a half. Some will say, you know, in South Texas, I just told you, I, did, I shot this, my biggest free range buck was seven and a half. And he was 157 inches and they didn't care because yeah. they weren't looking at anything that wasn't 180, 190. And most of the time the family was like, Eh, if it's 200, we're really going to think about yeah. hunting him, right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know. But those deer were all, they were carrying them to seven and a half, but they had the nutrition and food plots and everything else where they yeah, could do that. We don't do that. Yeah. Uh, these deer out there get a 50-pound brown mineral salt block about July. Huh. That's what they run their survey pictures on. That's it. Uh-huh. They don't get anything else throughout the year except for some burning uh, and natural browse. Yeah. Don't get no feed, anything. Mm. So, yeah. So, Riley, what has the re? I mean, you're here doing <laughs> this interview. Were you surprised by the interest from like the hunting community? Yes, I I knew it was like big, but I you know, it's just small towns. You don't think it would get out that fast. Uh, it got out pretty fast. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. we had so many people call us about it. I mean, I was I was shocked. He said his phone was yeah, blowing first night up. I had to turn my phone off. I got up that next morning. I had 152 missed calls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. And that's before we had put any score on it. was just a picture of the deer. Uh-huh. You know, so it was – I had a guy message me on Messenger one day, about two days after we'd done that, and said, hey, I just want to let you know it's a great deer. I got pictures of it in Canada. And then I got another guy that I used to work with on the base out there. He lives in Washington State. And he said, man, y'all just made the news up here, you know. Mm. I had one guy comment on when I think I think it was on Instagram when I shared your picture, and uh, he was like, "That that's that deer's from Minnesota." <laughs> I was like, 
No, no, no. It's from East Texas. It's from East Texas. <laughs> uh, I think the 13-inch rule has helped East Texas specifically oh, man, more helped, than any other region in the yeah. state. It has helped a bunch. Yeah. You know, it has helped a bunch. Yeah. And uh, because I and that just proves that the genetics have always been there, but mm-hmm. Fitz Brown is down, doesn't let yeah. them get there. That and being patrolled by security all the time and limited access, you know, keeping people out that just can't go out there and all year long, this and that, that helps out. Mm-hmm. You know, it really does. Um, so you're, you live in a small town. It's very different from my kids. And we're like, in, we're in the suburbs, so not in Dallas, but mm-hmm. there's no, there's not a kid in my son's class and he's in fifth grade, guarantee you. He's told me no one in his class hunts, not one kid. When he shoots a deer, he doesn't really talk about it because his friends, they don't, I don't know if they think it's weird, but it's foreign to them. <laughs> mm-hmm. They'd rather talk about basketball yeah. or Fortnite or whatever stupid, you know, thing kids are into. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he's proud like around his family and stuff. He's real proud. He's got two bucks in his room, but it's not a thing with his buddies. Mm-hmm. And thus they come over and they see all this crazy stuff. But, uh, I imagine your situation, all of your friends and your school was like, holy moly, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, on Facebook, they'd always send me stuff. I didn't even know I was on half of it, but mm. they just kept sending me to it. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, it's super cool. Uh, and for you to get to share it, well, I mean, dad was, he, had, he was a little weak. He had to go to the truck, you know, he was <laughs> freezing cold. But for you guys to get to share that together, uh, and you know, how important was it for you? You've killed big deer. Mm-hmm. This is the buck of a lifetime for anybody. It was, but was it better? I mean, I, we all know the answer, but for oh, her yeah. to shoot it. Yeah. It, it was definitely better for her to do uh-huh. it because I actually got to experience the drilling rush on him last year, drawing on, uh-huh. him, you know, so I, I know what it's like to see him alive and on the, you know, coming in and it's like I told her, I said, it was, it was a bittersweet ending to me, but me hunting this deer the last two years turned hunting and being fun into something that was very stressful. Right. <laughs> you know, and as soon as she shot him, I felt a sense of relief come over me. I was like, man, I can get back to hunting now. And just, it's just if I see a mature deer that I like this and that, I can shoot him, you know, because mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many deer I seen last year and I passed up. But I was thinking, oh, I can't. I can't. I'm hunting this one right here. Uh-huh. So is the base, uh, or is it the county that's one buck, or can you shoot more than one? Uh, the county is uh, one deer over 13 inches, or one with an unbranched antler. Uh-huh. And then on the base out there, if you kill last year, they had an earn a buck program on there where you, if you killed a buck, you could kill two predators or um, a hog or two hogs and a, a predator, and you got extra buck tag. You know. And it was a 13-inch rule. And this year, they were trying to do like how McAllister's been doing, you know, because McAllister ammunition plant has some monsters on it. Mm-hmm. And it's all na- a primitive archery. And they kill That's 200- in Oklahoma. Yeah, they kill 200-inch yeah. deer every year. Yeah, yeah. And the folks out there are still getting used to a 13-inch rule. So now and he, when we bring up 15-inch rule, they're thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm never going to get to kill a deer ever again, you know. Mm-hmm. But – this year, if you killed one over 15 inches, you got another buck tag for another deer over 15 inches. Oh, but wow. if, you, if you don't, then you get penalized for it. And you don't want to get penalized. Mm-hmm. You lose your hunting privileges. So Yeah. Uh, but her, I'll, I'll tell you this. Her harvesting this deer right here, it has made, I don't know if 
if it's made the other people out there change their thought mentality a little bit. But over the last weekend, there's been three or four kills. That was five and a half or six and a half. And I want to say probably the majority of them were right at 15 inches to 17 inches, you know. So it's, yeah. instead of them just shooting the first 120 inch, 130 inch deer, they're actually trying to shoot a little bit bigger deer. So, so were you at all, I guess it doesn't matter because the situation is buffered by being on the, the base, but like, like if this was say on Hagerman in Grayson County. Yeah. I'm going there at the end of the month. So you drew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if this buck was killed at Hagerman, the amount of people applying for the draw next year would be astronomical. That doesn't matter with the base really, or, well, or will there, or will there be people that were like casual deer hunters? Then an hour, like I'm going, I got well, access and I'm going. Um, I suspect there's there's about 85 people that hunt it right now mm-hmm. at the base, you know, and I suspect that there will probably be 185 next year. Yeah, so, that's the catch 22 with yep, uh, silver lining with uh, taking this deer, but what it is what it is, right? Yep, yep, it's the buck of a lifetime. Yep, yeah. Well, congratulations, thank you. What are you going to do with it? Um, we're getting it shoulder mounted, uh huh. Where's it gonna go? Is it gonna push one of dad's deer out of the way? Like go right above the it's fireplace? It's going in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> her her other ones in her room uh-huh. right now. She got two of them in there. So this is going in the living room. Right on. That's where it's going. Yeah. Well, congratulations. It's uh it's very cool. And you know, as a a father whose girls are getting into hunting, um, certainly like to accompany me. Mm-hmm. One of them shot at a turkey and missed it, and. They've they've both shot guns, but have haven't shot at a deer yet. But they're interested, and it's inspiring to see, uh, you know, how your dad has passed this down to you. Hope to do the same with mine. Thanks again for making the trip all the way to the studio. Thank you, Thank sir. You. So there they go, Ricky and Riley Brewer. Awesome stuff. Uh, great folks, and like I said, it is inspiring as a father of two daughters to see them share this moment and the, their love for deer hunting. Uh, throughout this process. Uh, pretty neat. That segment of the show brought to you by the Armor Sight 640 Contractor. Haven't seen a big buck on the Oklahoma place, but man, the pigs are thick. Uh, not as many as there once were because I took the, the contractor thermal up there the other day and laid about four of them down. Not bad with the bolt gun, right? But the contractor, it makes it so easy and it's user-friendly. If I can do it, trust me, so can you. Uh, the contractor... And uh, that's the 640 and its little brother, the 320, are on sale right now. 10% off instant rebate if you purchase one between now and uh, the end of the year. And you can find them at armasite.com. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today. Gotta go. Gotta get out of here. Thanks to Ricky and Riley for joining us and bringing Old Monroe by the studio. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying happy Thanksgiving, and y'all have a great week in the outdoors. Guns and religion, religion and guns, I claim to um both apologize. Uh.